0: Welcome to the I Am Winter Solstice Symposium and Fire Tenders Gathering. We are happy you are here. Please find the full schedule at iamsymposium.com.
1: I'm a master life coach. I'm going to be talking about shadows today and I know we've got a couple of minutes and so I don't want to start before, you know, people people get on here. But If you are familiar with the shadow, you know that it can be a lot of fun. It can be a bit of a trickster. Um, But it's become one of my tools and one of my passions as I stepped into my late 50s and now into my 60s. So I'm just going to check here, get back over to the wind page. I'm going to see if I am up live. Yes, I am. So now I can. I can actually see, you know, if any comments are coming in. So just get yourself comfortable. If you need to go, grab a cup of tea, cup of coffee, glass of champagne, depending on what time of day it is. I know here in Southern California, we've been having a lot of win- a lot of winter. For us, what's winter? The the mountains are covered in snow. It's been raining for three days straight. We've got fires in Colorado and we've got possible tornadoes coming to the, the Southeast. And so, you know, this is, this is my first venture into wind work and my friend Bridget Hopkins, friend and client Bridget Hopkins invited me here and I've been telling her, sharing with her, okay, I'm starting to get this wind stuff. And for me, it's been a lot of technology technology challenges links that are broken to my website documents that are missing from my computer so um, this work has definitely made me aware on another level of all that can be going on energetically in our lives and while it's been a little disconcerting at times um, it's it's been a lot of fun so it's 901. California time. I'm going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to introduce myself again, and let me just pop up my notes so I stay on track because I want to honor your time today. Um, I'm Linda Yazel. I'm a certified master integrative life coach, and again, I just really want to thank Bridget and Renee for allowing me this platform to come and talk to you all. Um, I just talked about, you know, my experiences with the wind work. And, you know, I don't, this experience is not going to leave me. This experience is definitely going to stay with me. So um, I just want to thank you all for the energy you've brought, the invitation to make my very first altar, which has been a work in progress. I've really enjoyed that. And um, let's get to the work. How I got to shadow work, a little bit about me. I have always been what I would call a seeker, Um, fascinated by the stars, fascinated with what I can't see, a belief in something greater than me. And at the age of five, my mom took me to see the movie Carousel, which is a very old musical. But in the very beginning, there's a guy sitting on a ladder and he is polishing stars and talking to God. I was assuming it was God because it was this big booming voice. And at the age of five, that in the Catholic household, That's what it is. And I remember going home and telling my mom, I said, I know what I want to do when I grow up. I'm going to polish the stars for God. And I'm sure she said, oh, that's nice, dear. Um, But the stars have stayed with me and the fascination of them. My life path has been, you know, a wandering one from the fashion industry to the gift industry to back to school. I wanted to become a psychologist. I was told there was no way I was ever going to make it because I just couldn't understand the mathematics involved in getting a degree there. Ended up working with very young children, and that was an absolute joy, especially for someone who doesn't have children. And um, then found my way over in a, a different business in the health industry and Then my mom was diagnosed with dementia, then pancreatic cancer. I literally stopped life as I knew it, began to evaluate what was calling me and life coaching was, was what was calling me. And it was really a perfect fit. And it wasn't something that really existed when I was in my early 30s. And at that time, I was, I think, 58 years old when I discovered it. So my approach to everything is with curiosity, playfulness, and openness to what I don't know, what I can't see. I've been told that um, I'm a good teacher. I'm a great listener. I give good feedback and that I'm very safe to talk to. And all of those things showed up in every single business that I had, every career, And so when we look back on our lives, you know, we're going to find that thread that weaves all the way through. And I was very grateful to discover all of those connecting dots in my mom's illness so that I could move forward on the other side of that as really kind of a tribute to her. All of the work I do is based on wholeness. We are everything. The good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty, the miraculous, the disastrous. We're everything. And when I really wrapped my arms around that, it was like a big blanket of comfort because I no longer had to view anything as bad. I just had to discover what it was there to teach me. Um. So I want to begin with a quote from my teacher, Debbie Ford. Debbie's no longer with us. Some of you may be familiar with Debbie. She really kind of brought shadow work back into popularity. She did a lot of Jungian psych- psychology, 12 step work, all kinds of things. But she, be- she, this was her quote that really grabbed me when I was beginning the work. The greatest act of courage is to be and own all of who you are without apology, without excuses, and without the masks to cover the truth of who you are. So I wanna honor your time. I'm gonna be talking about three concepts that really I have found dance with each other. They're very interconnected. The first is our meaning making. It's the story, it's the meaning we make out of things. And the story that we begin to tell ourselves about our life, our shadow beliefs or disempowering beliefs, unconscious beliefs, whatever term you want to put with that. And then something called underlying commitments, which I was not familiar with. They are unconscious commitment, unconscious promises that we have made to ourselves that to a great degree regulate our life. So I'm going to start um, start this with sort of a, one of my shadows in the path that it took, and it'll help you get to know who I am and maybe see how this all evolves in our unconscious mind. So my parents divorced when I was nine years old. My father was a very extreme, non-functioning alcoholic. And it would become time for it to be his weekend with us, my brother and myself. And I would sit on the curb waiting for him, excited to be with him, see him, and, you know, hoping to get some of his attention and some of his love. So there I'd be, nine years old, sitting on the curb, looking down the street, waiting for his car for a very long time. And eventually my mom would come out and say, you know, honey, something must have happened. I don't know what happened to your dad, but why don't you come on in? You know, it's cold out here. You know, if he shows up, you know, you'll know it. And I would go inside, you know, feeling disappointed, feeling sad, feeling let down. And it was a very frequent pattern with my dad. So the first thing that comes in 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 that story as a little kid who doesn't know how to make sense of the world is what did I make that situation mean about me? So as a little kid, he didn't want to see me. Something else was more important to him than me. He forgot about me. I'm not lovable enough and important enough for him to come and see me. That's the meaning I made. Now, that meaning's neither true nor false. It's just a meaning. But then on that meaning comes a belief about myself that gets formed. And it sounded like I'm not lovable. I'm not important. I don't matter. People aren't reliable. People can't be trusted. Families are hurtful and all of those meanings in an instant seep into my unconscious and are lingering there ready to help me guide my life, help me stay safe, help me to navigate this world. And I should just say as an aside, these are dark shadows. We have light shadows as well. But human beings tend to go to the dark side. We don't tend to embrace embrace the light. And so I'm going to focus on, on the dark side today. So with those beliefs, again, I made an unconscious commitment, an underlying commitment to myself in order to stay safe, in order to be able to operate in this world that I was learning to navigate. So some of my unconscious commitments, I'll avoid getting hurt and disappointed by not letting people into my heart. I'll only rely on myself, me, myself, and I, I'll conform and be a good girl and be any, I'll jump through hoops for people morphing into whatever I need to be in order to fit in and in order to belong. So this is the work I do, regardless of what we're working on, your finances, your physical body, an old relationship, whatever it is, we do this work because until we shine a light in the dark, It's going to continue to run us like a computer program. And none of it is bad. It's all here to help us. And I'll talk about that more in a little bit. But Debbie used to say the gold is in the dark. And so when I found this work, it became like this master treasure hunt to all of the missing pieces that helped me make sense of how I had lived my life, why I had done the things I'd done, why I was caught in some self-defeating, self-sabotaging cycles, why I couldn't seem to get out of those. All of the clues were in the dark. And so when I learned it was like, oh, cool, there's a place to go look for solutions. I just, I just fell into this work. So Debbie says, when we shine a light on them, when we investigate them, we open ourselves up to greater understanding greater love, and greater compassion for ourselves. So I've been seeing my Facebook uh, things scrolling by. Let me just take a look and see if there's anything that needs to be addressed. Bridget says, oh, yes, I know these well. Oh, yes, I know you do. Um, Gold is in the dark. Great. Perfect. I'll keep checking in periodically, and you guys can always contact me, you know, through this group or over over on my page. What you wanna know about the shadows is they are conclusions, they're beliefs that we draw about ourselves based on our experiences. We hide them in the shadows. And then as kids, we create masks, we create personas so that others won't see them. I'm not gonna run around the world saying, hi, my name is Linda Yazel and I'm unlovable, I'm a misfit. I don't belong, I'm unimportant and I'm not necessary. I'm not gonna run around doing that. That doesn't create for a safe environment. So, you know, I hid them in different masks. We can inherit these shadow beliefs. We can make them up ourselves. We can inherit them from our parents. One from my mom is, you know, we're just average. Don't expect the extraordinary. So I live my life making choices that continue to reinforce that I'm average. We have teachers that influence us. We have authority figures. Maybe we grew up in a specific religion and that religious doctrine had beliefs that we adopted that are running our lives. So they can come in from all different places. The important thing, one of the important things to know is that until we know what these are they control our thoughts they control our behaviors and they control our reactions in doing that they establish limits for our lives telling us what we can and cannot do so as a coach oh i want i'm going to i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up and i'm going to do videos and i'm going to do this and that and that internal That internal voice comes in and says, well, why would you want to do that? What if you screw up? What if you fail? People are going to laugh at you. That's how it works. That little voice isn't bad. It's trying to keep us safe. It worked as a kid. It holds us back as an adult. Not good, not bad. We just want to be conscious of it. It becomes part of our operating system, just like a computer. I can't see what's making this thing run. It just runs. Now, in the tech world, I have no desire to learn how it runs. But in my life and in my belief system and my ego mind and all of that, I have every desire to know how it works. Until we look at them, they become self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. So what did I do? I kept dating people that wouldn't show up, were unreliable, unavailable, made me feel unloved. I kept reinforcing that because I didn't even know that belief was in there. So take a look at any loops that you're in, any repeated things that keep coming up, and just know that if that isn't what you say you're wanting to create, there's a shadow belief that needs to be discovered. Real simple way I work with clients, shadow beliefs sound like, I am, people are, or the world is. I am stupid, people are cruel, the world is unsafe. When we can get it down to a sound bite and remove all of the story and all of the meaning making, it makes it easier for that to register, at least for me, in my heart, in my soul, where it hurts, where it aches, and where it's crying out to be worked on. I talked about um, hiding our shadows with masks. And it's funny, I was I was in sales in my, in my late 20s, early 30s. My boss called me a chameleon. Now, at the time I did not know what that meant. In hindsight, he was absolutely right. I would have, if I had known what it meant, I would have, I would have been offended by it because I would have seen it as a criticism of me not being authentic. Looking at it through the lens of the shadow, I just see that it was all masks. It was all ways for me to operate as a little girl and get through life without imploding, self-destructing in a big way. So I hid my beliefs of I'm unlovable and I don't matter with wearing the mask of the good girl. I was the helper. I was the nice girl. I was the rule follower. It was really easy to have me around. I didn't rock the boat. I was very compliant. You need this, I'll become that. You want this, I'll become that. I found ways to be needed. I found ways to fit in. I found ways to matter in other people's lives because until we become self-resourced it, it all we can do is react to how do you feel about me? How do you feel about me? Do you like me? What you know and we're just jumping through hoops making ourselves crazy. But as a little girl all of those things we're helpful. It's just that as an adult, they hold us back. I am all of those things. I am helpful. I am a nice girl. I can be a rule follower. But until those became conscious qualities, I was being used by them like masks to hide hide what I believed about myself. My goal was to become conscious about them and be able to choose when to use those qualities. Yeah, I feel feel good being an ice girl. I feel good following the rules. Or you know what? I want to question this rule right now. This rule doesn't seem to be working for me. This rule doesn't seem to be working in my neighborhood. So I can consciously choose to employ all of the aspects about me, because none of them are good or bad. They're just qualities. So if you're new to this, just know we have a lot of shadows, we have many masks and we have many gifts to discover. And know that most of your shadows were formed under the age of 10. They may have morphed, taken on different looks as we've stepped into adulthood couple of real fundamental ones are I don't matter, I'm not worthy, and I'm unlovable. So I can sometimes take some of my surface shadows and I can work them down deeper and deeper and deeper like peeling the onion till I get to some of those those root ones. So when I've worked with clients who have worked with the shadow in the past, they said, oh, that's one of my shadows. And the minute they say it like that, I can sense that they have judged it as bad. Where Debbie's work, the work I've been trained in, breaks away is that our shadows always come bearing gifts. Who doesn't want to get a gift? So, you know, my I'm stupid shadow, because I was Laughed at when asking questions that people had the answers to, or I was laughed at when giving a wrong answer, or you know, when I get a bad grade or whatever. That stupid shadow for me to hide it created curiosity, it created my ability to find answers for myself, it created my ability to ask smart questions, to do research, all of those things. So if I don't want to look at this dark shadow, I can't thank it for all of the gifts, all of the qualities that it created in me. Yes, as a way to navigate life and get through life, but now be able to see them as, wow, thank you. I might never have learned to do research had I not felt and believed I was stupid. You know, my invisible side, nobody sees me, created my, you know, my kind of dramatic flair. I talk with my hands. I'm very expressive. I developed a sense of humor that people seem to enjoy. So that developed as a way of me being seen while being accepted and fitting in. I was told I was selfish. There's nothing wrong with being selfish. You know, it's, it's a choice, but it taught me to take time for myself. It taught me to be generous. It taught me to be giving. The world is unsafe created. My ability to listen to that voice that I have that audibly in my head warns me, slow down, pay attention, Take a breath before you go down that road. So all of those are gifts, and those gifts would not have come without me doing this kind of work. So I want you to begin to think of the shadow as your friend. When you make it your friend, that's when you find the gifts. The resistance to looking at it goes away, and you have a big thank you to it for helping, you know, helping you discover everything that's in there. So for me, the shadow is 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 always with me. My I'm stupid is always with me. I was telling Bridget before the call that I kept waking up last night, all my old shadows were revisiting me. 1111. 11, I wake up. You're going to screw it up tomorrow. You know what? You're going to have those technology problems, you're going to screw it up, you're not going to be able to show up, blah blah blah. blah. So not going to be able to show up. Well, there's my dad again. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're revisiting me. So I like to say that when for me, it's grow time, my shadows are going to show up. And I get to say instead, because they're my friend, oh, hello, you're back for a visit. What do you want to show me this time? What's my next edge? Debbie used to say, when you can look at life, that everything, every person, every situation, every circumstance is here for your soul's evolution, for you to grow. Then you view life as happening for you rather than happening to you. So all of this shadow stuff. Great stuff. The next step in moving forward is looking at your underlying commitments. Underlying commitments can be termed unconscious commitments or unconscious promises. And I think the first thing I want to say is that when you look at your outer world, you are getting what you are most committed to regardless of what you say you want. That was a tough one for me to swallow. And I'll I'll just be honest, this concept took me a while to really internalize, integrate my thought, my heart coming together and begin to work with. Um, It was a real game changer for me. So underlying commitments are driven by our shadow beliefs. Our shadow beliefs that are at the root of the commitment. They are our first and strongest commitment. They dictate our choices and they dictate our actions. They are a strategy that we employ. So unlike the story or unlike a belief, These are strategies, and there are strategies or our coping mechanism to feel safe in life and to feel loved. So I'm going to give you some examples so that you can see how this works with all of the layers. I say I want to complete a project at work. What I'm experiencing is making no progress and avoiding the project. So I have to ask myself, what am I most committed to? And there might be a lot of different answers here, but I'm most committed to procrastination. I'm most committed to being lazy. The shadow underneath that, potential shadows, might be I'm undisciplined and I'm irresponsible. Another one. I say I want deeper conversations with my partner. What I'm experiencing is surface talk and lots of TV watching, sitting side by side in silence. I am most committed to not rocking the boat and getting my feelings hurt. And the shadow underneath that is I don't matter. My needs don't matter. And I'm seeing the Facebook comments coming in. <laughs> Carrie want to make her bingo. You are getting what you want. Yes, Bridget. Looking at your outer world, you are getting what you are most committed to. So if I want deeper conversation with my husband and I'm not having it, it's not happening, then I know something is underneath holding me back from initiating having that conversation. It might be I'm committed to not rocking the boat. It might be I'm committed to not upsetting him. I'm committed to keeping him at a distance. I'm committed to keeping him at a safe distance. And that shadow underneath that might be I'm unlovable. My needs don't matter. Something along, something along those lines. So let me know if that, if that makes sense. Um, in our financial world, I say I want to, say to save $2,000 by the end of the year. I want to go on a vacation, whatever that looks like in the COVID world. What I'm experiencing is constant, mindless online shopping for things I don't need, I don't want, and I have absolutely no savings building. What am I more committed to? I'm more committed to instant gratification. I might be committed to numbing out with shopping. I might even be committed to constantly feeling lack and having stress about money. That doesn't make sense that we would want to commit to stress about money and lack. But if we've grown up in a family like I did where the fourth week of the month come and we had more month, but we didn't have more money, then that lack is my comfort zone. And I'm gonna wanna stay in there. The shadow underneath, having the savings might be that I'm unworthy of having what I want. So what I love with this work is that you can treasure hunt for your shadows in two different directions. When you find the shadow and keep in mind, you know, you look at that loop. What, what, How do I keep sabotaging myself? What is What is the belief I have about me that keeps holding me back? I will say the story, I'll ask questions. The story I tell myself is I'm broken. I'm unloved. I don't have enough smarts to make it in this world. I'm not different enough to stand out as a coach. That's the story I tell myself. Then fill in this sentence. The truth is. I have everything I need to make the life that I want to live. I am loved by many. I love myself. And I have faith in the universe and God that I am going to be guided step by step in the direction of my purpose for this life. So I can look at it that way then I can go back as far as I can on that timeline. And here's where having a photo album of yourself as a child can be really helpful. What was going in my life here? What was going in my life here? What was going on in my life here? What did I believe about myself at that age? Those can be really nice prompts um, for going digging for your shadows. Um, But go back on the timeline to as far back as you can remember uh, like for me, I'm stupid showed up in the first grade when I was put in the stu- in, in the slow group with reading. So I go, okay, from the sixth grade, I believed I was stupid. And then I could start to march forward and see how that showed up throughout my school years. And then as adult, how did that affect my career? How did that affect my financial life? How did that affect my friendships? How did that affect any adventures I wanted to go on? I can start to look at all of the aspects of my life and how that belief has played out. Because whatever the belief is, it is playing out to some degree in every part of your life. I didn't date smart people because they'd find out I was stupid. Then I ended up marrying this brilliant guy and he, I just have the hard side and he has the head side. So it works out really well. So you can do it that way. Or you can say, okay, 2021, I said that I was going to, I don't know, I'll I'll speak to myself that I was going to start group coaching. I didn't do that. I didn't start group coaching. I did some book studies, but I didn't do group coaching. So I say, okay, I said I wanted that. What was I most committed to? I was most committed to not failing, aka nobody signed up for my program. I was most committed to not failing. I was most committed to not being judged. I was more committed to all of that stuff. So when I get to all of that stuff, then I can say, okay, what is the belief underneath all of that. And when I get to all of that, now I've got the whole picture of what's really going on with me because coaching is about taking action. Coaching is about doing something different. All of this is great information, really good information in our head. But until we start to act differently and make different choices, nothing changes. So How can you begin to shift this? Well, the first thing is start creating some new beliefs and start creating some new commitments that empower you. And the easiest way I have found to do that is play with opposites. So if you believe you're unlovable, create the new belief that I am lovable and then create an action step That you can do that will reinforce, create evidence, witness the fact that you're lovable. You might make a list of all the people that love you. You might make a list of all the things you love about yourself or how you show your self love. If you are invisible, how can I become visible? Maybe for some people in the wind work that you do or whatever maybe it's speaking in speaking in your local community to a group of people maybe it's doing your first online video whatever that is stepping into being visible and witnessing what happens playing with opposites with your underlying commitments i'm committed to staying safe i'm committed to keeping my heart safe a new commitment might be I'm committed to opening my heart to real heartfelt connections with others. Maybe your first step is I'm just committed to opening my heart. It isn't to putting it all on the line. It's whatever that baby step is. So you don't have to turn this whole thing upside down overnight. You can do it baby step by baby step and begin to live into, with your choices and your actions, what you want to create. And get out of your head. And when your internal critic comes in, your ego mind, I I just recognize that as little Linda. She's just scared. And I just have a conference. I actually have a picture of her that sits on my desk and we have a talk every day. And I just say, you know what? I understand that you're scared and we're going to be okay. Even if we screw up, even if we fall down, we're going to be okay. So let's take a deep breath together. I got you. Let's hold hands as we go into this. And I just move with her. So I see her as my, I see that internal voice that wants to hold me back as five-year-old me and i'm now the parent and we we walk together in life so those fearful things they're just they're just like invitations for me to grow you don't want me to do this you know what i think it's time i think this is an invitation for us to step out a little bit more and that's how i play with the shadow that's how i play with my story that's how i play with underlying commitments and meaning making. So for me, this work is the treasure hunt of a lifetime. And there's a couple of things that I want to just recommend for those of you who maybe have done some shadow work, but not deep work. Debbie Ford's best-selling book was called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. So if you search Debbie Ford books, you'll see it there. Of course, the wind got in the way and I can't find my copy in the house anywhere, even though I used it for some social media posts two days ago. So it's just, you know, you got to go with it. For those of you that would rather listen to something or watch something, she's got, um, and you can get this online. You can download it right online, The Shadow Effect. You'll see Marianne Williamson and Deepak Chopra are on here with her. This will give you a little bit more exposure to what I've been talking about today. Um, One of the things I'm known for teaching people how to do is how to say no so that they can make themselves a priority in life and say yes. So my gift to you, if you visit my website at the very top, there's a link that says, you know, learn to say yes to yourself by learning to say no. Click on there. I have a free worksheet that you can kind of take yourself through kind of a self-guided process. And when we can't say no, it's, it's a real indicator that there's a whole lot of shadows going on and we are living in the land of people pleaser. And for me, I had to even get down to doormat. Doormat was not fun to discover, but yes, I had been a doormat. So I would invite you to go there to my website, lindayazel.com. I think Bridget and Renee are going to put something out, or when you see this, click on me and go over to wherever you need to go over or up into my link tree or whatever, and and you'll get there. But um, I just want to invite you to play with the shadow. Let it be your friend. Let it allow you to step into your wholeness, live more consciously, feel more empowered, and have more choices. So I want to say thank you. I'm just going to peek at my, at my feed here, see if there's any questions before I hop off. Bridget, give the shadow a job. Um, oh, Erica, feeling a sense of wanting to weep right now. I get it. I'm sort of amongst my coaching community known as the crier. When I'm on to something, the tears come. Let them come. Work with them. They're a gift. Think of them as cleansing discovery tears. Um, Carrie, new career. The belief is running the show. Yeah, Terry. Monica, I think I know my shadows. Yeah. We know them, but we really wanna integrate them, which is why I'm called an integrative coach. We want the head to travel whatever those inches are down to the heart and to marry with each other, which allows us to operate wholly. Um, It's by your alarm clock. It's by your alarm clock. I'm not sure Bridget, what you mean by that. (laughs) Oh, that's a dirty job doormat, yes. To embrace my doormat, I went out and bought a beautiful doormat that's kind of very hippy-dippy looking because I'm a little bit um, hippy-dippy. Because the gift of the doormat is that we're welcoming. It's okay for me to let people step on me consciously. You know what? It's not going to hurt for me to let you walk all over me right now. It just, it's not worth fighting for. Or... But there's times where, you know, I'll just say, uh-uh, not stepping on me, not using my doormat. So it could be a lot of fun. Uh, you're welcome, you guys. This was a real honor. I was really nervous coming here, I'll just tell you. The book you're looking for, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, go to DebbieFord.com, D-E-B-B-I-E, Ford.com. She was a Hay House writer just like Renee. And what's so funny is Renee calls herself the practical shaman and I tell people I'm practical woo. Um, I was joking with you about your book being lost. Oh yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna get into this and I'm gonna do a little more investigating as to what all this wind work is about because I've been reaping the effects of it, but I have to have further understanding. And fortunately I've got a direct hookup to Bridget Hopkins, which is great. Um. So that's it, you guys. I want you to step into 2022 just loving all of who you are. go on the treasure hunt, go digging for the gifts. you can find me on Instagram. you can find me on Facebook. you can go to my website. Um, I do free discovery calls so if you have a, a a belief that you trip upon, feel free to book a free call with me let's let's work through it because once you work through one then you know the process for working through others as they come up. So thank you again, Renee and Bridget for your invitation to be part of this. Thank you to the wind. Wind, help us with our weather and everything that's going on with the United States and even Japan and over in Denver. And I just feel blessed to have been invited here. So I am going to go ahead and sign off. Make it a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Welcome to the 10th Annual I Am Winter Solstice Symposium and Firetenders Gathering. We are excited to offer this container for you to celebrate during these darker days of December. From December 20th through January 2nd, we will be having live events every day in the Wind Clan. There'll also be a recording available for you if you've given us your email address over at imsymposium.com. And there's an opportunity to purchase this whole series if you don't think you can be with us live. So again, welcome. And we look forward to being with you throughout.